Being a parent is one of the greatest gifts and greatest responsibilities that a person can have. And when you are pursuing a lot of things in life, it can be hard to figure out when to prioritize what. In this very candid episode, I sit down with fellow mother and professional athlete, Erin Huck, who also happens to be an Olympian at the Women's Cycling Summit. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about high performance and well-being, and I'm your host, Sonia. And if you're new around here, I am a world and multi-time national champion in mountain biking, and I still race professionally. I'm a health and mental performance coach, a writer, a mom of two little kids, and I own my own business. And if you're not new around here, welcome. I'm so glad that you're back, and I'm so grateful that you are a part of this awesome community and that we get to learn and grow together. I'm excited about today's episode because we recorded it back in August at my event, the Women's Cycling Summit, which was a four-day event featuring speakers, live podcasts, clinics, and films to help enrich women to take that next step. Having a community around you of like-minded people who share your interests and values is very powerful. In fact, there is very interesting research in the psychological literature talking about the importance of group, of seeing yourself in others, of sharing similarities, and how that helps us perform better and how it contributes to our well-being. So something like athlete motherhood and surrounding yourself with other like-minded individuals so that you don't feel so alone can be quite profound. In this candid emotional conversation about our journey of balancing motherhood with a flourishing athletic career, we talked about everything from postpartum physical rehab, shifts in our racing perspectives and goals, and the art of balancing multiple roles. Last week, we heard from author and ACT psychologist Yael Schoenbrunn. Last week, we talked about navigating relationships, but her book, Work, Parent, Thrive, is all about how parenthood can be enriching whenever you have multiple roles. So I encourage you to check out that episode that is linked up in the show notes and to pick up the book, Work, Parent, Thrive. Whether you're a parent or an athlete or someone looking for inspiration, this is a conversation you don't want to miss. We share our powerful stories on postpartum fitness, what it looked like to get back to the sport. And that journey varies for every single person. And that's something that people ask me frequently is, what did your training look like in pregnancy? What did your training look like after pregnancy? How do you balance it all? How do you set goals? If that's something of interest of, to you, go to sonyalooney.com slash podcasts. And I have a drop down there. And I think it's called Parenthood or Motherhood. But all of the podcasts and articles I wrote during both of my pregnancies and after giving every resource that I could think of to help support other female athletes as they navigate pregnancy and beyond is there. Erin and I talked about how our perspective on racing and training has changed. It's raw, it's honest, and it's inspiring. And I think that a lot of times we look at people on social media or even just people who are successful at races whenever they have their family there or their kids there. And we think that they have it all figured out, or we think that they are training and crushing it all the time. And the reality is, is that isn't the case. And I hope that this podcast helps shed light on things that, yes, you can achieve at a very high level, and it can also come with challenges along the way, and that we shouldn't assign a highlight reel to parenthood like we might be doing whenever we see all of these great stories online. Another thing that I want to share, which I don't remember if I talked about this or not, because this uh, conversation was recorded back in August and it's now end of October, was that there's a pressure whenever you are a mom and you are doing lots of different things. 
For me, there was a pressure, especially when I became uh, a mom for the first time in March of 2020, because there weren't many women, I could maybe think of one who had had a baby and continued racing professionally in the in mountain biking. And I drew my inspiration from running and triathlon because I had seen other women who had had babies and continued to race and got to read about their experiences. But a pressure that I've been carrying around with me that I've been trying to release is feeling like I have to be successful at everything I do because people are looking to me to see if you can, quote, do it all. And I don't do it all, all the time. And I've had a lot of challenges with energy, with inconsistent training, and those types of things. So my fear was, what if I show up at a race or just in general, what if I don't have sponsorships to show that sponsors will stay with you whenever you have kids? What if I show up to a race and I don't do well? What if I decide that I don't want to train as much as I was training before? What does all that mean for people who are looking up to you for leading by example? And also in the the bike industry, I feel like because not many women have navigated having children and continuing to race, that there could be negative implications for people that have kids after me if I don't live up to the standards that I once was before having kids. I don't have any answers or solutions, but I think just talking about it is really important. I um, filmed a documentary in 2020 called Benched, and it's been traveling at film festivals all over the world for the last year. And it's played in, I've, I've lost count of how many countries, it's won many awards. And that's been a really powerful project that I got to work on because I got to share what it's like to make big changes in your life what it's like to go into unchartered territory, especially when your entire career is at stake. And I hope that I can share this with you soon. I I know I've been talking about it for a long time. And because of the nature of film festivals, I'm not allowed to post it online. But hopefully in the near, near future, I'll be able to release it on my website so that everybody can watch it. I think the best way to normalize motherhood for athletes and for achievers, no matter what your career is, is to talk about it is to share the joys of it and to share the challenges of it so that we can learn from one another and have vicarious experiences to build our confidence moving forward. Today, we talked about the ultimate recovery, tips for utilizing rehab, fitness, and fueling after pregnancy. We talked about managing expectations and asking if motherhood changes performance. We talked about um, body image and body appreciation postpartum. We also talked about sponsorship and identity. And that is something that I have personally struggled with a lot is the sponsorship realm. For me, it's been very discouraging and very frustrating as a a sponsored professional athlete, especially somebody who's been doing this for a long time, to see the wild shift in support after having babies. It's difficult to attribute the change to children because there's a lot of things that have happened. It's hard to say if that's a causal relationship but it's certainly there and it's certainly frustrating. We also talked about personal experiences from our motherhood, things that people don't talk about like miscarriages and infertility. And I think that again, it's important to share the real picture of what it looks like whenever you are trying to have kids and what that looks like afterwards. Because if we have this false ideal of what it's supposed to look like, we're only gonna feel bad about ourselves from upward comparison. So getting some realness in there, I think is really key. If you know me, if you listen to this podcast at all, you know that that's something that generally I'm really passionate about is authenticity. So I hope you enjoy some authenticity in today's podcast. 
If you found today's episode enlightening and want to hear more, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And also be sure to share this episode with athlete parents and those curious about the joys and challenges of blending racing and parenting. Another thing I could talk about at length, which I'll save for another day, is whenever you add something else in, like I'm doing this master's degree in applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, which is incredibly rewarding, but also incredibly time consuming. That is once again, making me shake up what I prioritize. And my kids are one of my top priorities, if not the top priority. So that means that other things have to fall off. So what does that look like? How do you manage that? And how do you deal with your expectations and the new normal that you have? So that'll be another episode if you're interested. All right, so let's dive right in. Here is myself and Aaron Huck talking about balancing motherhood and the podium. Okay, so after you had your children, how long did it take you to get back to fitness? And did you get right back to where you were? So I think it depends a lot on the pregnancy and on the person. And also, I don't know, I think some people can have an unhealthy relationship with how fast they need to get back or their identity. For me, I wanted to get back as quickly as I could just for my mental health, to have time to myself outside to connect with who I am. So I got back pretty quickly, uh, like seven to 10 days, but I wasn't like going out for long rides. I would go for like a 15 minute pedal and then slowly work up. And I checked lots of different things because after you have a baby, you, you bleed for a while. So I would make sure, okay, the bleeding hasn't increased. How am I feeling? How's everything going? And if anything ever were to feel that way, I would have backed right off. But yeah, I just kind of slowly ramped it back up and it felt better than not doing it for me. Um, so I had a C-section, so my, I guess, return was a little bit more moderate because of the, the incision that I had. <laughs> yeah, because I was cut in half. Um, yeah, Brennan also has opinions on this, but um, I actually don't really, re- I, I don't even remember because it all becomes a blur, but... I did get back to fitness quicker than I thought. Um, I didn't push it for, I would say, that six-week time that you're supposed to take it easy for a C-section. Um, and I rode inside for a little bit. And I remember, like, my heart rate being really high. And I have a coach, so I was like, my heart rate is really, really high. What do you think is going on? And he's like, I think that you're just, like, running hot. And then in hindsight, it was like... Jesus Christ, woman, you just had major surgery. Like, no wonder why your heart, like, your heart rate was telling you maybe to ease off. So I probably should have gone a little bit easier. I also got a stress fracture. So that was stupid. Because um, I knew I knew a lot of athletes that, like, mostly runners that ha- got stress fractures. Because your bones are a little, like, your, your calcium is depleted um, if you're nursing. So, but I, I wasn't running or anything. I just got a stress fracture just by trying to mountain bike, like mm. having that pressure on my pedals. I think I went mountain biking twice and I cracked a bone in my foot. So in hindsight, again, I think it would have been better for me to ease off a little bit because the fitness actually did come back really easily. It wasn't worth pushing. Did motherhood change your relationship with your body at all, with the way? That's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you're a journalist or something, Imogen. <laughs> she is, actually. Yeah. Welcome to our live podcast. 
Yeah. So having a baby did change my relationship with my body, but not in a way that people would think. So the things that I was probably hypercritical about previous to having babies, you know, that when you look in the mirror and you stare at that part of yourself that you don't like, um, I got more compassionate towards my body because of what it was able to do. And that's been really nice. And I don't look as harshly at myself in the mirror as I used to. And just having that sense of awe of what your body can do. And also just generally parenthood has just forced me to be more flexible with everything. And that also includes with my body. Yeah, I would echo some of the things that you said, but like I was surprised because I have always you know, been a little bit hypercritical of my body and always like tried to achieve the as lean as I could health, healthfully be. And then after going through pregnancy and just really appreciating the way that my body changed, and I will admit that, you know, I think I gained like 35, 40 pounds maybe, and that stressed me out. I was like, holy shit, I don't know if, <laughs> if I'm going to bounce back from this. But then you pop the kid out and I started producing milk and being able to go for long bike rides. And I was just like, I still to this day, just like can't believe that my body is supporting me in the way that it is. And by me, I mean me and my child, because I, I'm still nursing and I, I think you are too. And it's like, we're, I like every night, <laughs> every night it's like, okay, we're, we're nursing. It's like, let's see if anything comes out because I'm here at Breck Epic, like pushing my body to the absolute max, but there's still, it's still producing food for another human. So, um, and it's been, so I've like, my body is starting to change a little bit. Like it, I'm a little bit thicker around the middle than I ever have been. And I just don't care because I, I mean, it has a job to do, but I also just appreciate it a whole lot more than I ever have before. So it's um, a gift that I was not expecting to receive, just this gratefulness, I guess. So after having my second kid, so both times I got pregnant, I had diastasis, which is a separation of your abs. And the second, the second time was worse and it still there. So I notice um, with trail running and my downhill performance, I'm not as stable in my core. So I need to actually address that. I did some rehab with both, but I need to do even more rehab with my second kid. And the shape of my stomach is more like domed than it used to be. Whereas after my first kid, it, it, it wasn't domed. So that actually has been a little bit challenging sometimes whenever I notice that because I, th I thought, well, with my first, it like kind of went back, but this time it hasn't really gone back to the way it was yet. And it might never go back to the way it was because your body has to stretch out to accommodate a human. So that's, yeah, I'm glad that you talked about that because that's something that I've been thinking about. Okay. I'll keep, I'll just keep going. I'll, I'll go all day. Um, How about you introduce yourself? Because oh, okay. we're going to publish this on my podcast. Okay, sure. Um, I'm Imogen Smith. I ride for Marathon MTB and I'm here at Breck Epic from Australia doing a little bit of media coverage and also racing at the back of the pro women in total awe of nursing mothers who are crushing it out there. So, yeah. But you have the coolest accent. So. <laughs> Thank you. I'll, I'll bring the accent. Yeah. Thank, thank goodness you're the one doing the interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the accent. It, uh, yeah. Okay, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Leslie K. Meyer, and I'm a professional photographer, and I'm here covering, I think, 80% of the women's <laughs> pro field, and which is really awesome. And... That's another story, but I guess tell me, I'm not a mom, um, but I'm curious 
for the two of you. How's your, what's one way your perspective has shifted towards racing before you were a mom and, and now being a mom? Yeah, that is um, probably like something that I'm really struggling with, to be honest, is because I am, I am used to really pushing myself as an athlete and focusing on my performance and I show up at a race and I, I want to win. And now sometimes that's just not in the cards. So I have to kind of be mindful of that, that there's are other things that are drawing on my energy and I can't just show up and like say that I, I want to win this race. And I have to make sure that there are other reasons for me to be there. So uh, like this event is a good example of, you know, it's super fun. It is challenging. The women's field is amazing and supportive and the, it's definitely like got a community vibe versus, you know, Leadville was something that I had originally targeted. But when I was being honest with myself, it's like, okay, can I show up to Leadville and feel successful if I don't win? And I don't know if I could have. So that to me meant that that was not the right event for me to do because I just have to approach things such that I can feel successful without winning, which was kind of how I measured success for several years. <laughs> how do you measure success and set goals now? Oh, like I said, it's a transition, so I'm still working on it. But like, I, I mean, today I was just really focused on trying to have fun and trying to find different things to feel successful about. So I'm really, one of the things that I struggle with now is like, I don't have a whole lot of time to ride to technical trails. So my skills are just not what I would want them to be. So one of the things that I want to do here is really just try and push myself and feel good and flowy on my bike. And um, so I think that was, you know, like I, I think I posted it on Instagram that I wanted to go through full travel on my bike because I really wanted to like push equipment and rider to the limit. So um, just finding different little goals like that. Yeah. So the question was, how has my approach to racing changed since having kids? Uh, yeah, it's been hard because my process has had to completely change because I don't have the time that I had before to, to train. And that can be really frustrating sometimes because I like doing a lot of things, which is something that we need, that we're going to talk about in a minute as we, we wear multiple, both of us wear multiple hats. So I don't train as much as I used to. And the quality of my training is not as good as it used to be, but I'm getting something else in return for that. I get to spend time with my kids. Uh, there's a whole level of, I don't want to say like my kids don't care about me being a bike racer. They don't care about my results. So when I go out and I do a race or I do a training ride, it just doesn't matter. So having that sort of unconditional love that is independent of my achievement, is something that I desperately need in my life. Um, so that's been really helpful. But yeah, it's, it's really hard to show up for races and know that there's a lot of things out of my control and that I might not perform the way that I want to perform. And then I have to be okay with that. And I have to accept that. And that is not easy. Uh, this summer has been very challenging for me with my racing and I haven't been able to push in the way that I've wanted to push. And I've dealt with a lot of disappointment and had a bit of anxiety coming into this race of like, well, what happens if I feel the way I felt all summer? because it takes energy to raise little humans. And it's really important to figure out what your strengths are and then to really push on those strengths when times get tough. 
So again, knowing what those are, but for me, like gratitude is my number one strength and perspective is another one of my strengths. So I use those on a daily basis whenever I look at my career, career by career. Um, and when I show up to races and like Aaron, like I'm used to racing for the podium and here I'm not. And it's one of the first stage races I've not been competing for the podium. And I was a bit worried, you know, what, would I still have fun? Would I still care? Like, would I still want to push myself if I'm not competing for a podium? Uh, because at some of my races earlier this year, I, I felt a bit apathetic and I was questioning if I still wanted to do this. So I think kind of what, like what Aaron said, doing an event that is inspiring to you and that is fun and that has things other than just winning the race can really help you if you're not racing for the podium. And I've been having such a great time and I'm so grateful that we have such a stacked women's field because no matter what result I get, I feel proud of my performance and I feel proud to be here. And it's so refreshing to feel that way this year. So management of expectations is something, um, acceptance, accepting the things that you can't change and also realizing that this is not permanent. Like all the stages of your kids' lives are going to change and it takes courage just to show up and you have the choice to not come at all, or you have the choice to just show up and know that maybe you're going to not be where you want to be, but it's still worth it. Um, I actually want to ask Aaron about all the different roles, because whenever I asked you for your, your speaker bio, um, you said, and correct me if I'm misquoting you, but I, I don't consider myself a pro rider, or I don't consider it a career, um, and you wear multiple hats. So can you talk about that? Yeah, I can. I mean, so that's been something, like, aside from being a mom throughout my cycling past I've always had a job outside of racing and so whether you want to call it imposter syndrome maybe there was some of that as well um, but I really didn't necessarily identify myself as a pro cyclist because it was never how I paid my bills um, I always had a job outside of racing so and I know that you work outside of just pedaling <laughs> as well so yeah it's just another hat that I have worn and I think that it's it's important to differentiate or just acknowledge that that is another thing that we balance. So how, how do you like balance your daily schedule? Oh, well, now it's changed since I have added motherhood <laughs> onto that list. Um, but before it was just a matter of kind of like shifting priorities. So one day my priority would be to execute my training ride. And my priority was not answering emails at work. And then another time it would be like, okay, I, I can't train today because I have work meetings all day. So it was just like a day, a daily, like, I don't think that you can ever achieve full balance on a, like, yes, on a long-term scale you can, but day to day, it's always like one thing is always the highest priority. And now that one thing is almost always Brennan, but even still, it's like sometimes, you know, we hire a nanny so that I can go for a long bike ride. And that means that I'm not spending time with him. So does that mean that he's not my number one priority? Potentially not. Like, I have to prioritize me time sometimes. So it's just like every day there's one thing that's always on the top. So you and I are both friends with Yael Schoenbrunn and her book Work, Parent, Thrive talks about having multiple roles and how having multiple roles can actually help whenever you need to change gears instead of taking away and I think she calls it like enrichment or uh, parenting enrichment or something like that. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how having multiple roles and multiple identity, multiple facets to your identity helps your, um, you being a pro bike racer? Yeah. I mean, so I actually have like a very aha moment example of 
when that happened for me in my life. Um, in 2016, I was gearing for trying to qualify for the Rio Olympics. Um, and I was on the long team. And well, there were four women that were vying for two spots. So I had kind of like a 50-50% chance of making it. And at that time, I was like, okay, well, let's put work on the back burner. And I was, I took a sabbatical. So I stopped working for six months. And it kind of like, every, like it did not work out for me because I, I actually needed to have something else to think about and to assign my self-worth and value to um, other than just being a bike racer. So I was not successful. I didn't make the Olympic team and I came back to work. So that was like one example. It's like, okay, I need balance because I can't put so much stake on my bike racing success. For me, that just caused me to fall apart. But then when I returned to work and I had just been through like one of the worst, you know, it's, it's pretty devastating to go all in on something and not make it. And I'm at work getting back, you know, into the, the swing of things. And I have to do a presentation to like high level executives. And after the, the presentation, my boss was like, I don't know what happened, but you have changed like the amount of confidence that you have. And, um, you know, you just answered questions and you are just totally different. It's like, well, yeah, once you've had your heart fucking broken <laughs> after not going to the Olympics, it's like, what are these guys going to do? Like, they, they, I don't know. They're just, I just like nothing. I can, if I can weather that, I can weather anything. So I just, mm -hmm. it gave me a lot more confidence in my working life to know that, yeah, I went for it and I didn't make it, but um, I can do it again, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> and, and you are an Olympian now. Um, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, so this time around, Tokyo, we knew that we, well, there were going to be a potential of three spots. And with that potential opportunity, that was hugely motivating for Team USA. Like, we really, really wanted to get those three spots. And we achieved that goal. So it essentially meant there were four of us going for three spots. And it was super, super close. And COVID messed everything up, basically. <laughs> so that made it really hard. And ultimately, it came down to arbitration. So long story short, I was nominated to the team, went to Tokyo to compete at the Olympics. It did not go, like nothing went how I had planned or wanted it to go. But I still... I guess, achieved that goal. And then I think it was a few weeks after I came home from the Olympics, I found out that I was pregnant. So that was also not according to plan, <laughs> but that was like an instant transition, I guess. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a nice follow on from that. I, I'm wondering for both of you, when you first found out you were pregnant, what the emotions you kind of went through as an athlete were and what, what it felt like to face the future, knowing that it wouldn't be the same and what kind of doubts and you might have had and how you worked through that in terms of coming back to fitness and being an athlete again. What was that like? Yeah, I can. So for my sake, again, when I said that COVID messed everything up, it messed up our plans to have a family um, because I was 39 at the time and... Um, recently married to Andrew and it was like I really wanted a family he really wanted a family but my 
clock was ticking and I was ready to like, I found the guy, <laughs> let's get this done. Um, and he was the one that was like, no, you are so close to the Olympics. Let's just keep pushing. Um, and then when COVID caused the delay, it was the same, like, I'm done. I want a family. Like I will, I will never forgive myself if we can't have a kid because I chased this dream and who knows if it'll work out. And we even got some initial fertility testing done that was like not super rosy. And all throughout that year up until Tokyo, I was every month just like, okay, how about now? <laughs> and Andrew would be like, you're so close. You're the, you know, you're, you just won this race. You just, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. You're so close. Let's just keep going. And so we kept going. And then when the, the selection went to arbitration, it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and so we actually, I think, tried once and it was right after arbitration. And I didn't think that it was going to go my way. And it turned out that I got both. I'm going to cry, but so many emotions. Yeah. Just like both things happened for me and I can't believe like how grateful I am that I just love being a mom so and I am an Olympian and so is he because he was there I mean Brennan was was with me so that was just like I just yeah it wasn't how I planned it but it I'm so grateful oh god that's so incredible like <laughs> Yeah, and to, and to think... I blame the altitude and the fact that well, we've just been racing for, like, 15 hours. There's actually been lots of crying from speakers as well, like, even at our panel. I've cried multiple times in the race, not not actually from happiness, yeah. <laughs> or just, like, awe, like, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. Like, I can't even, like, hold my yeah. emotions in. Yeah. Or, like, today, some guy was like, you're home. Like, this is your home, because I'm from... I, I lived here for yeah. 10 years, and I really miss it. So, yeah, that was really hard. Anyway, it's not a video interview. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's ugly crying over here. It wasn't ugly. It was <laughs> that was just shedding a tear. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the allergies. Yeah, that's right. It's just, <laughs> I, just I got have, something in my I just eye. Have really bad allergies. <laughs> well, that's incredible, Aaron. Like, yeah, everybody's so happy for you, and what a great example you're setting for everybody. Oh well, I don't know about that. I just. Am <laughs> It didn't go like I planned, and I'm an engineer, and I plan everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it just feels like the universe gave me a gift. Yeah. yeah. Um, my background is also in engineering. I did my master's at CU and worked as a solar engineer for a little bit, but didn't like engineering, and then pivoted to working in the bike industry, and then pivoted into, pivoted into all the things I'm doing now. So there's been lots of pivots. But for me, kids, um, I didn't want kids growing up. I didn't even want kids when I married my husband. I said, we got married when I was 30. I was like, eh, I don't really know. Or maybe I was 31. And he said, that's okay. And then we were both sitting uh, at, at this place after a race we did. And I said, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to regret it if I don't. Like, I don't think there's ever a good time. But I was afraid because there's never a good time. And what does it mean if I get pregnant, do I have to quit my career? And will I be the same again? Like some of the things we talked about earlier, will my body be able to still race after I have babies? Uh, will I still want to race after I have babies? But the thing that was the most like disconcerting to me is, will I still be able to get sponsors if I get pregnant? Well, cause I'm, I don't do the team thing. I am a privateer. So will all my sponsors drop me if I announce that I'm pregnant? 
And that was very stressful. And I had miss I'm trying to think how many, I, both of my pregnancies, I've had miscarriages. So that's hard because you're trying to plan. Like Aaron said, you want to plan everything. So you get pregnant, but then you have a miscarriage and then like, it takes a little while to recover from that. And then, okay, like, do I go again? And, and then, you know, do I want to announce anything? So yeah, with my first, um, we actually did a documentary called Benched that hopefully will be available for everybody to watch at some point. Um, but it was about athlete motherhood and identity and sponsorships. And a lot of my sponsors didn't renew with me after I announced I was pregnant. And it was really hard because these were really long-term relationships that I had. No one specifically said, this is because you're pregnant and I don't want to play like a victim, but it's it's been hard. Uh, I was a privateer for probably like seven years before I had kids and I don't have a bike sponsor. Um, that's really embarrassing. Like I lost my bike sponsor in 2019 and it's very surprising to me that I don't because I'm still racing at the top level and I do lots of things. I don't know if it's because I'm a parent or maybe it's because I live in Canada, but there's, there's a lot of frustration on my end. Um, I'm glad to see that people like Aaron have support and I don't know what, what your side of things look like, but, and that other women seem to have support who are moms. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to tell anybody that I was pregnant. I didn't want anybody to know because I thought people are going to think less of me. People are going to think I'm less capable. People even made comments like people from the bike industry made comments to me like, well, it's okay if you don't get back or, um, when I was back racing, like basically writing me off, like it's called the motherhood penalty where people don't give you opportunities because you're a mom, because they think you can't handle it. And that's so frustrating to me because moms are so badass. We can do so much. And when people just undercut us opportunities, it's just wrong. So, um, yeah, it was really hard for me to announce my pregnancy and it, it isn't a happy ending. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could say it's a happy ending. And I, I had my second child, the border was closed in 2021 due to the pandemic. So I didn't race in 2020. I had my baby in 2020 as well. Uh, the day before lockdown is when I had my baby. Uh, and yeah, 2021 border was closed, couldn't race. So I said, well, if I'm going to have another baby, then now's the time to do it. So we had another baby. Um, so I had to take three years off of racing and last year was my first race back. And this was my second race back last year. And it's been something that's been very interesting because I have to ask myself, why do I race? Like I don't race for sponsors. I've never raced for sponsors. I race because it is so important to me to challenge myself and to experience a wide range of emotions and relationships and community. And that is meaningful to me, way more meaningful than having a bike sponsor or winning a race. And yeah, I, again, I have to ask myself that all the time to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. Um, yeah, I'm Shauna Farnell. I'm a freelance writer based here in Breckenridge doing some recaps and stuff for Mike. Yeah, I'm curious what the, the day-to-day during the race season looks like for both of you while you're juggling parenting. Um, I know it sounds like you're, you're both really organized about it and good planners, but what does that look like um, with, with planning and organizing your race season and your training seasons? Yeah, so do you want to just kind of add on to the... Um, prioritization that you were talking about and how you continue to look at an entire season? Yeah, I mean, so historically we would target like all of the key races, right? And you can't do that when you have a kid because you can't travel that much and childcare is a huge thing. So we plan out one race a month was kind of what we targeted this year. And some of them are mama races and some of them are mom and dad races if we can get childcare figured out. And then from a training daily standpoint, like 
our kid is in daycare. Um, so we take turns dropping him off at daycare. We work our day jobs. The weekday rides are typically one to maybe two hours max. And then on the weekends, we try and get in anywhere from three to five hours. And we'll have a babysitter or a grandma come so that we can go together or we'll take turns. And dad will get one priority day and then mom gets one priority day. And uh, we just try and make it. But the, my, I mean, I'm training probably half as much as I used to and just try and check the box because not, I'm not able to execute every training ride like I would want to necessarily. Um, but it's just a matter of getting it done. And yeah, you have meals planned and it's, it, everything is executed on a very, very fine thread that if anything goes wrong, every, all the wheels fall off. (laughs) It's, it's a shit show. So, uh, we've had a lot of sickness and just travel schedules and different things. And that just means that maybe we're not training. So it's, it's a good week if you're able to execute all of your, your training rides. But yeah, it's a lot of planning, a lot of grocery delivery. (laughs) I hate to admit it. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds very similar to how we arrange our life. We have a meal plan. Um, My husband actually does most of the cooking now. And we batch cook stuff, have it in the have it in the fridge. If that goes wrong, then of course there's big problems because you got to eat when you're athletes. And we also do meal delivery. We also train one to two hours per day. We have a nanny that comes six hours per day, and that's about the amount of time I allot myself to fit in my training and all of the other things that I do for work. And then on the weekend, we try to get a nanny to come so Matt and I can train together. But oftentimes we'll be trading off which is hard because you want to spend time with your partner. You want to ride with your partner because that's probably, I don't know about you, it seems like for, for you too, it's probably one yeah. of the things that you really enjoy doing together. And for me, that's been the hardest thing about um, becoming a mom is you lost, you lose your adventure buddy. Yeah. Um, and there have been lots of days where stuff gets off schedule and I like to have a schedule. I like to be organized and I really had to learn how to let go and be flexible. And it's hard. Like I get so frustrated if I'm trying to leave on a ride and then now I can't leave on my ride because something happened. And now I only have an hour to ride when I needed longer. And then I show up to that ride and I'm tired and now I can't do the training I wanted to do. So it's, it's just such a crash course in flexibility and also realizing that things don't have to be perfect to be, to make progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I had a coach, you know, for the tail end of kind of like my elite career leading into the Olympics. And he would always tell me just like, you just need to get the intent of the workout done to get the benefit. You don't need it to be perfect. And if you could just chill out, it would actually be better. And so now I am hoping he's right because (laughs) I just try and get the intent of the workout done and accept that it can't be perfect. Yeah. And I mean, you've been national ta- champion two times over since having a baby, right? You won Just once the marathon. I guess that was, yeah. Okay. Uh, marathon national championships were last fall. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, um, it's just amazing to see like you're leading the race here. It's, it's a tight race, but you are absolutely blowing us all away. And it's so cool <laughs> to see. <laughs> not, that's not true. Casey's right yeah. there. Well, you, you two, I mean, are yeah. blowing all of us away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty close yeah. race though. Yeah. 
All right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, but thank you so much to everybody who asked questions. This will actually go live on my podcast at some point. So for those of you who missed the beginning, um, it's all been recorded. And Aaron, thank you so much for coming. I know how important recovery is, especially when you're leading a stage race and for sharing such valuable insights with everybody. I've given up on recovery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't, I mean whatever yeah yeah you carrying yeah. my 25 pound kid up and downstairs is <laughs> that's a good point yep you don't get recovery when yeah, you have kids you, it doesn't, doesn't matter exist. nope this is recovery people yeah, said oh, i'm my- sitting and yeah. my kid is someplace else this is great yeah people are like how are you gonna manage doing the women's cycling summit and having your kids and racing and doing everything and i said the women's cycling summit is my recovery yeah. i can just sit down and yeah. not, not have to do anything yeah. <laughs> all right well thanks so much I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got a lot out of it. Episodes like this always make me a little bit nervous because of how raw they are, but I've learned that those tend to be the most powerful. So if something stuck with you, make sure that you let us know about it. Send myself or Aaron a message on Instagram or share it online. I think these stories, as I mentioned in the introduction, are incredibly important. So please share them. Please share your stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I know there are literally millions of podcasts to listen now, listen to now. And it's such a privilege that I have been doing this podcast for six and a half years and all of the enrichment that I have received in my life and hopefully that you have received from the guests as well. And as always, I'm with you on this journey of personal growth, adventure, and our mission to be better every day. I'll see you right back here next week.